Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. Here we are. It's the back half of October. We're in Q4. Peak season is coming. We got a lot to talk about today. Also, have a very special guest today. We've got Hunter Carroll joining us as well, current Freightways employee. Also a former Freightways employee at the same time. We'll talk about that in a minute. Hunter, great to have you here. Um, before we jump in, I, I want to kind of just set the stage a little bit. There's been, a, a, I mean, just since we like planned this show out this morning. So we planned, we were going to talk about J.B. Hunt's earnings, but less about J.B. Hunt and more so just how, like, why their results are very unsurprising and how we can expect and predict this type of behavior going forward. The other thing is... We were going to look at peak season and where that's really likely to go. And then thirdly, we just found out it looks like unconfirmed, but it looks like Convoy is shutting down. We got an official confirmed statement from Convoy like not long ago saying all load, all shipments have been canceled and their load board is empty. Yeah, Luke. Welcome to West Sonar, Hunter. Yeah, thanks. Excited to be here. Yeah, so we're going to hit up all that today. Um, Hunter. Give the folks uh, give the folks a 30-second background. Yeah, sure. So as you mentioned, came from Freight Waves with a finance background, did some research here for a couple of years, then went to the brokerage world, and then found myself back here about eight months ago, helping me and you kind of starting something new here. I said we are starting something new. Trying to apply uh, the Freight Waves data, the logistics data, if you will, right? The transportation world, the freight world, to the financial uh, services industry. You know, it's a great leading indicator for the economy. So trying to uncover additional applications of the data. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited Exciting. about it. So who, who are we talking to right now, mostly? So primarily hedge funds, yeah. uh, so financial institutions, um, big banks, venture capital, private equity to a degree, but mainly focusing on the hedge fund world, whether it be a macro fund, long, short, um, whatever the case may be, that's our primary audience. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of the hedge fund world, right, we got to talk about J.B. Hunt, one of the biggest players in the logistics world, particularly here in trucking and intermodal in the U.S., but definitely in the world. Um, and they just reported earnings. We're in earnings season right now. Um, big heavyweight. Uh, they've got uh, about $18 billion valuation for the company, give or take. Uh, their stock's down, right? They reported earnings. They missed expectations. Stock dropped. As of a moment ago, it was almost 6.5%. And it is 6.4%. So stock's down 6.4%. Um, decent amount in a day for a company worth almost $20 billion. And they missed revenue. They missed top and bottom line. Missed top and bottom line. And did anything strike out to you in their earnings report? Well, I think we'll talk about it here in a second. But sure, um, revenue was down. Missed expectations. Mm. But um, we'll see that in our data that's not that unexpected. I think one thing I think that's interesting to talk about real quick beforehand, they, the stocks moved more than the market thought. If you look at the options market, it was not pricing in a 6% move after earnings. So I think that that's one thing interesting. I think that the market, market had it wrong to a degree going into this earnings release. Yeah, I think the market knew that it was going to be soft, yep. that things were declining, but I think the acceleration of the decline is, is really, because markets are forward-looking, right? They're looking at what's coming. And... Yeah, the acceleration of the decline. Because if you remember, actually, J.B. Hunt in at a conference, I think, last month announced that they were like, hey, it looks like the recession's not over, but the freight recession, we've already hit the bottom and we're moving out of it. Yep. And to a degree, I kind of agreed with them because we were starting to see an increase in volume, but then things kind of started to move south again. 
Right. So yeah, it's interesting to see. Let, let's go ahead and let's just pull up a little bit here. I'm just going to give a quick little breakdown of some of the JV Hunt numbers. So basically here's, you know, they reported 3.16 billion in revenue on the quarter, a 17.6% year over year decline, earnings per share of $1.80. Um, and for the same period it compares to $2.57 last year. So uh, about a 30% drop there in earnings per share. So basically a 17.5% decline on top line and about a 30% decline on bottom line. Um, now, what, here's what's interesting is their revenue minus fuel surcharges declined right at 15% year over year. That number is very significant because we've seen something very similar in our data. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, basically our contract rate, can we pull up our contract rate data? I think I told you guys to pull up the volume data first, but can I switch that? Pull a little auto ball here real quick. There it is. Look at this. So pull that chart up. Boom. So from quarter of 22 to the same quarter of 2023, 15.1% decline in our contract rate data fuel. So a tenth of what their their markets decline. So I think, Hunter, from our perspective, no surprise, right? No surprise, no. I think that I think that is telling, though. I know on my end, if I was wanted to trade JB Hunt or have a better estimate of what they were doing, how their performance was, this would be telling. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can look, it's almost to a T, their revenue numbers almost perfectly correlated to our rate, our rate yeah. data. And I think it's a testament, right? Because this isn't the JB Hunt index. This is just our freight index. And right. and there, this isn't the only one. There's other indexes of ours that we have that are near, that are almost identical. Like our intermodal data is almost to a T to their top line. Our NTI index is very similar to their fuel included revenue numbers. So it's right. like there, there's multiple signals. So I think what it's really a testament to is trucking companies, just whatever the market does, that's what they do. Yeah, it's hard to get around that. I mean, that's their this is their one job is to move stuff. And they're yeah. exposed to the market. It doesn't matter how big, how small. I mean, they're there's some yeah. degree. They aren't going to be able to to some degree to like all of the, to all the degree. It almost it feels like, right? It's well the reason why I make the, I bring that up is like it, it it doesn't feel like the big guys are really insulated by it. Maybe the the freight recession hits them a little bit later, but like for the most part they really aren't insulated by it. I I guess I compare it to like retail if you compare Target and Walmart, Target has had a taken a pretty significant hit. Mm-hmm. Walmart, on the other hand, while taking a hit, not nearly as badly as as Target. And I think one of the biggest reasons is they've got a much more of a grocery pool. And in times when inflation's high, more people are starting to shop. A record number of six-figure salaried individuals are shopping at Walmart now. A wow. record number. Wow. And it's uh, so I think it's kind of telling. So that that's kind of what I mean is. In this in market where things are, are kind of hurting, the consumer's hurting, right? Not all retailers are created equal, but it feels like in the trucking world, eh, you, nobody's well, really insulated. Well, I think the, the thing is, too, that's pretty... know that freight waves, I believe Craig's talked about this many times, is trucking's unlike any other market in the sense of the biggest players in trucking are still such a small percentage of the of the overall transportation arena. So they, it's not like the biggest companies have a monopoly or they have 10 trucking companies control 80% of the market. Um, I forgot the exact stat. It's like the top 10 trucking companies control what? Like 10% of the market? I'm not exactly sure on that one. I don't know if you have the exact number, but it's a very small amount. So they, they don't have the same pricing power as other industries do, even the Johns. 
Yeah, I mean, the biggest trucking company in the in the United States only controls about two and a half, three percent of the market. Yeah. Uh, and that's just that's just one of them. So yeah, it's it's around there. I mean, it's there, there's very fragmented, very fragmented. Mm-hmm. But it, it is interesting to see how much this does correlate. So I think this is. Well, I think we'll see a similar trend in earnings. I think what this yeah. tells is what we're going to see a similar trend, right? When Night Swift reports, right? E- Healthcare's report when you know TIA reports, um, Landstar, you know TQL. I, I imagine we'll see a very similar trends as they all tend to be very exposed to the market. And even intermodal is not uh, isn't helping JB Hunt a lot right now. Right. Um, it will, and they're going to bounce out of this. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see where where it all unfolds. Um, let's go ahead and take a step back. I want to talk about peak season here real quick. Can we pull up truckload volumes uh, for us? So peak season is something that I was actually starting to get the signs of like, okay, maybe we're starting to climb out of this thing. So blue line here is truckload volume year to date. Different colors here represent the different years over the same period. Take a look at that blue line. Pretty much since February, we hit our bottom and we've been climbing up, inching up a little by little, separating ourselves further from that purple line, which is the 2019 volumes. And then what happened after September? Blue line's taking a dip. So it kind of feels like this peak season that we felt here leading up into the beginning of Q4 just just end it. I mean, you see volumes going down, right? I mean, that's demand. Right. I mean, Hunter, what, what does that mean for our world? I mean, if demand's going down, it's not, there's not a re, there's not a recovery going on right now. We'll say that. Yeah, <laughs> no recovery in sight. I mean, I, I guess I'm just looking at this, and it's kind of like, I mean, with rates still declining. Now volumes are technically above 2019 levels, but with rates still declining, I mean, it tells a very simple story. There's just too much capacity for demand. Right. Too much capacity for demand. Um, which I think is you have so many of these companies competing and likely that's part of the problem among other problems you know when somebody like a convoy or a yellow or all these companies it's just we're starting to kind of i think feel this pressure mm-hmm. demand isn't bouncing back wanted it to as a result everybody's getting squeezed and it's a fight to the bottom for rates Right. And I think there was an article published just a couple of days, boss, I was talking about the reason that it seems like capacity is exiting the market maybe slower than we would have thought is that rates were so high for such a period of time that smart companies held on to cash. So they are more cash strapped coming into this than they were maybe in previous freight freight recessions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's probably some truth to that. It does help. I mean, it helps too that the markets were so abundant and plentiful yeah. during 2020, 2021, and even a lot of 2022. But yeah, I mean, but it is, so it is going to get dragged out. Also, folks who bought equipment back in 21 have much lower interest rates. True. So they can weather the storm a little bit, even though the value of that equipment has dropped. I mean, we've seen the price of used trucks drop. Over 50%. Yeah, I was going to say well 60, 70%. Yeah, it's flirting with 70% cratering. now. How about that? How about that in the uh, finance world? I mean, imagine like somebody's, you know, you, you make those, I mean, you write those loans, all of a sudden, you know, the value of those, yeah. uh, the equipment. <laughs> starts getting a little scary. Now 70% in about, what, almost two years, it's like, Alrighty. Yeah. I mean, how much how much does a car if you drive a car off a lot, how much does that I, I don't know the answer. Just give it your best guess. How much does that depreciate when you drive it off the lot? I'm gonna look it up. 
And I say, I'm, I'm not sure. I know it's quite a bit. But imagine you buy a brand new truck, then rates crash six months later, and now you're stuck. Like, even the owner operators, I'm not even talking about the financers. Oh, yeah. The, I mean, you're sitting here with a truck that you paid, I mean, double for what you could sell it for. And now your rates are half of what you were getting paid when you first put in the order. It's a scary scenario. It's not be not at all okay so here's something right so I, I i'm trying to find something on class eight trucks and i can to see how, how much value they lose on average after you buy it but for cars they said up to 20 percent. so 20 percent is the high end in the first year so we're losing let's just call it 60 percent in a year it's not good doesn't feel like we're <laughs> in line with the historical average yeah yeah i mean we're coming off in a historically hot market true that, I mean, it's it's easy. It's easy to think. I mean, emotions get the best of you. I mean, if yes. you have, if you're sitting here hearing about your buddy making $500,000 a year, whatever, owning a trucking company, and you're like, well, I mean, you might be looking at him like, well, he didn't have that much industry knowledge beforehand, and he's doing it. Why can't I do it? And then you let your em emotions overfuel your judgment, and you go buy these trucks. And next thing you know, the market flips because everyone else had the Volumes idea. just plummet. Volumes plummet. And then... All fighting for the same freight. All spot boards. Everybody talks about that. Spot boards is not where you want to be. But people that get into the industry, they're going to be on the spot boards. They aren't going to They aren't going to be able to come, go get contractual freight in their first year. Most no. likely not. No. I mean, I've never really heard of that scenario. And then you're in a tough spot. But emotions are yeah. powerful. Especially when you see a lot of money getting thrown around for a couple of years. Oh, yeah. It's easy to go buy trucks thinking, man, it's going to work out. You're used to making 50 grand a year. All of a sudden, you hear about your buddy who just made 150 in a year, you know, and it's like, uh, please and thank you. Yeah, let me go try it. Give that a try, right? When it's always different, right? It's always, it's different this time. Yeah, it's, it's always different. It's not. It's a market. I had that unfortunate conversation with someone right before the market peaked. And it's like, hey, it's a market. It's a market. I get it in the stock market, but it's a market. It's like, no, no, no. This time's different. Well, yeah. Hope he's doing all right. And what what was the the black money right? Nineteen eighty one. This time's different, right? You know, hey, two thousand. This time's different. Two thousand eight. This time's different. Two thousand twenty. This time's different. Actually, this that time might have been. That might have been a little tiny bit. Tiny bit. Pandemic. Tiny bit. Maybe not the best analogy at the end. <laughs> all right, folks. That's all we have time for today. Thank you. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But the well, actually, I'll say it's different. Maybe the cause. Right. But the volatility wasn't different. There was a crash. The recovery was artificial with all the money being pumped in, but now we're starting to pay the price for that. So technically you can make an argument that it's just, just market volatility. It, there's different causes, but I'm market trying to was dig, pumped in listen, let me try to dig myself out of this hole here. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, I'm trying here. Okay. I'm just, just a guy trying, trying to, trying to stay with it. All right. You know, I'm gonna have to go back to trading JB Huntstock, uh, which I can't do, but if I could, then that's a good index to use. Yeah. Maybe there wouldn't be surprises. Yeah, you know where to go get to get pretty good estimates on the revenue numbers. Pretty good estimates on the revenue numbers. So, okay. So let's say that peak season, that blue line continues to decline. I don't know if it gets all the way down to the purple line, 2019. Pretty steep decline. But, I mean, even if it does, it's, I mean, you're, I mean, let's see. We've already declined about 3%, 3 4% this month. That's a lot. 3 to 4% of the nation's freight just gone in the last three months, or excuse me, in the last month, or excuse me, in the last two weeks. That's a lot. That's a big decline. It looks like, according to this chart, I mean, 2019 saw about 
almost a 10% decline between September and mid-November. We see another 10% decline in volume. My goodness. I mean, it's hard to see. It's hard to imagine rates going much lower. But, I mean, they, they could. They could. And they could. I think it's important to just piggyback off what you're saying, too, of like, it's easy for us to sit here and say, oh, it's just 2%. But the monetary value of 2% of the nation's freight, it's astronomical. It's huge. It's a tremendous amount. So, now, this is flood volume. But if we pretend that it's all truckload volume, for just, let's just assume that the trend is, is 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 stable for all truckload volume. There's around $800 billion spent on just moving the freight via truck in the U.S. That includes LTL, private fleets, public fleets. I understand. But let's just, this just represents four higher trucking. But let's assume that it's 3% across the board. What's 3% of $800 billion? I mean, if that trend holds, right? I mean, that's, mm -hmm. what's that, almost... 24, 24 billion, billion right? 24 billion, yeah. That's a lot of money. That doesn't even include the actual goods, to your point, that that value that's lost inside, that's not moving, that people aren't buying. Right. It's a lot of pizza. It's a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of pizza. <laughs> it's a lot, a lot of, of pizza. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, by the way, also, we need to talk about this. We will be having with Sonar, quick little uh, uh, PSA, but um, we are just, we're less than three weeks away from Less than three weeks away from future supply chain. This is going to be the second time that the event is here in our home city of Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's going to be fantastic. Last year was amazing. Hunter, you missed it last year, but... I'm not missing it this year. Not missing it this year. It's going to be a great time. Obviously, concerts are going to be there. With Sonar is going to be there. What are the reasons you need to show up? Um, obviously, there's going to be tons of industry speakers. Keynotes, Brad Jacobs uh, is going to be there as well. Um, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a good time. I'm, I'm very much so looking forward to it. A lot of new technology. I think that we're going to see the conversation is going to be a little bit different. I think folks are probably going to be a little more bearish than they were last year. Last year, there were, they, everybody knew that there was, that we were kind of getting into the recession, but everybody was like, it's going to be short lived. Nobody was really feeling it yet. Soft landing. Right. It was still a soft landing. And who knows whether the broader economy does that or not, but certainly the freight market doesn't feel like that. Yeah. It does not feel like a soft landing, at least in front. No. No, it doesn't. But anyways, that's going to be a great event. Highly recommend if you need to make it um, or if you can make it. Um, plus, you know, you get to spend time with us and see Chattanooga. Chattanooga is a good place. Oh, we're also doing one of the events in the aquarium. You know all about our aquarium, Hunter. I am a season pass holder. It's a great place. It's a great place. It's a fun time. It is a fun time. I think, and that'll be a great event. It'll be late at night. No jumping in the tanks with the sharks. Um, but all in all, that'll be, that'll be a really good time. It'll be one of the best, a great way to end the, end the, the year too. Cause there's been a lot of good conferences that I've been to this year, but I think that'll be a fun one. Feels a little bit more like a party. So the question ultimately becomes, let's make a bet. Um, where do you think OTVI will be by then? Where do you think, you think volumes going to be up or down from where they are now? Put you on the spot. It's so hard. It is hard. But that's why we're trending down. We've trending already turned it down quite a bit. Let's see. Can we pull up OT? Can we pull up the volume chart again, please? There it is. So we're at 10,972 10, on the index, down about 3% over the last few weeks. So where do you think we land? I'm going to go 10.5 by the event. That's a big drop. Oh, that big is a big drop. drop. Almost I'm 5%. I'm just going to be neutral. This is going to be a bland answer. And I apologize, but I'm going to go. 10 non. I think I think we're gonna I think we're gonna oscillate. I think we're going up and I think we're going down between then. But I think we're we're gonna be about about the same. That's what I'll say. 
So like that's yeah. a safe bet after the pullback. If we were where we were at the end of or middle of September, end of September, I would go down. Yeah. I would bet lower. But I'm gonna go I'm gonna go steady from where we're at now. I'm gonna go ten five. Uh, the reason for that is I think that puts us back around Q1's peak. Um which was in March. So I think I, I could see us coming back, back down to that level. I don't think we're going down to the lowest level we were at, which is in Q1 where we hit about 10,000, which would be almost 10% down from now. Yeah. But yeah, I could see us hitting about 10.5. So we'll see uh, if we hit it or not. But Tom, for all the folks that are in the industry, I hope we don't. But I mean, the pessimist in me, uh, that's, that's what I'm feeling. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do another channel check when we get closer to the event and see, see, uh, See if either one of us are right. Or who knows? Maybe it'll just shoot up and everything will just be great. Yeah, maybe. It could happen, too. <laughs> maybe. It could happen. I don't know. Um, so one other thing I want to pull up, too, is we want to pull up the N NTI index. This is our national truckload index. This this index, too, interestingly enough. So if you remember the last index we were looking at, our contract rates were correlated with J.B. Hunt's revenue within a tenth of a percent. But that was their revenue excluding fuel surcharges. Where's the NTI? There it is. So... Our NCI index was down set almost 17.5% on the year. And according to Zax.com, um, they do a lot of the research and they collect a lot of the analyst reports. Um, their year-over-year -year revenue declined by 17 points. Food at fuel surcharges. This index here includes fuel. It's all in. So this was down 17.4%. They were down 17.6% year-over-year, including fuel. So again within two tenths, not even, uh, of revenue there. Which this one kind of surprised me because this is really a lot of spot data. And I would have thought J.B. Hunt maybe wouldn't have had... I mean, they, they don't have that much exposure to spot, but it, it is surprising that their revenue is still correlated to the spot market this tightly. Yeah, that is surprising. I, I know just from when I was in the brokerage world, when things were starting to get pretty rough on rates, I do know that shippers, though, they're, they were pressuring down. I think even going direct to the shipper, I mean, they knew the market that they were in. They yeah. knew they finally had leverage to push rates down. Maybe that's a testament to that. Maybe they're, I mean, maybe they're just, they're pushing everyone down. Trying to, you think maybe trying to get back some of what they, I mean, because a lot of them blew budgets in 2020, 2021. Oh, certainly. It was to the point where people were coming and just, yeah. like, whatever the rate, if you have a truck, just get it moved. What was the most ridiculous thing you heard during this time? It could be a rate. It could just be like a way somebody got some. What? Yeah, I was, it however you want. Um, I paid. I remember one time I paid sixteen thousand dollars to get something moved from Washington to Georgia. It was a team, but still sixteen thousand dollars. Reefer, sixteen thousand dollars. Reefer, Washington to Georgia, uh, and it was a three day run, two three day run team. For the team, they could definitely, and, they might be able to squeeze doing it too. Yeah. And, and the craziest thing was, they were wanting more money, of course. Oh my goodness. It's like, nah, tell, me, tell me I wasn't, I wasn't paying enough. Hold on. What was, what was the shipment? Like, how, what was the trailer temp? Uh, was it, it like was, ice cream or something? Had to be no, like negative no, like 15? No, something? it was okay. relatively normal for reefer. It was, it was 28, I think. It was just below freezing. Okay. So nothing, nothing out of the ordinary, nothing. It, it was in Washington. It was, it was not Seattle. It Seattle. Let's call it Seattle. Yeah. And where are we going? North Atlanta. Georgia. Okay. So I'm just going to call it Atlanta. Yeah. Do Atlanta. And I'm pulling up Reefer right now. Just see what it is today. I also have contract. I get that it's long. 
All right. So today's rate spot is 6,000 and today's contract rate is 6,600. Okay. But, uh, to give them some credit, which isn't a now lot, it, is a it was team. a team. It was so a let's team. add a little bit. How much premium do you add a team for? Like right in now, a normal, not much in a normal market. Yeah. 10%. Maybe. Maybe. In a normal yeah. market. A little bit more. A little more. Yeah. Heck, even if we double it, you're yeah. still only at twelve thousand. Maybe it was fifteen thousand. Maybe, but I know it was. Insane. It was. It was. Okay, so that's, that's big, but that was the market, right? That's, that's what. The the, that's what the market demanded. And my customer completely agreed. They got it. So they you, understood. Yeah. So in a situation like that, right? Because I, I worked in brokerage, but it was crazy at the time because I I, yeah. I didn't work in this last market. Like, I mean, I I was there in 2018. That was pretty crazy, but not yeah. as, as crazy, and. You would hear so sometimes you'd be like almost afraid to tell your customer. Yeah, well, I think maybe if I would have been in the brokerage world when things were more were more normal, I would have felt that fear. But I came in kind of at the peak, kind of came in or right before the peak where things yeah. were starting to get crazy. So I kind of thought it was normal. Yeah, like I didn't know really anything else. I mean, I knew we were in a crazy market, but this is the conversations I was having to have not every day, but relatively regular. If like, so how do you price that? Do you just be like, okay, that's, that's the rate add like 15% or whatever your number is. And, um, it just depends on the customer. Yeah. It just depends. It's, that's one thing. Like we like to think about pricing, at least when it goes to the customers, it's got a formula. They always talk in the brokers, like you always want to make 15%, but it depends on the customers. Some customers you can make 15%, maybe even a little bit more. And they want it just to get there in a timely manner. And almost all about service. But then you have other customers that are much more nitpicky on the process. And it's like, even with a huge run like that, like maybe 5%, maybe. Yeah. yeah, it also it also depends, right? Like how much work is involved too. Like I used to do like entertainment shipments and we would make, we would make 30% on them. But you were also like up at 11, 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. kind of getting trucks, coordinating, getting permits. There's a lot more work involved. I mean, you were, you were going through the night. Yeah. But um, anyways, folks. That's all we have time for today. We will see you next week on With Sonar. Have a fantastic rest of your day.